Yes, this is Village Vice. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is the Brad Law, who if you listened to the radio broadcast last night, you know that Brad Law was right, per Andy Burcham. I think that's an important thing to note. He's always right, especially here on Village Vice. We're going to lean into stat time on this Thanksgiving edition. Uh, and look, I, I think there's been a lot to talk about in regards to the Iron Bowl. Sure, Brad, but statistically, this is the first one. Alabama is 118th in all of the NCAA and all of college football in sacks allowed. An Alabama quarterback this year has been sacked 38 times. We talked about this with Arkansas a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, and that's really the only other team in the SEC that's close, right, as far as how many times they've been sacked. But a lot of that has to do with the start of the season. It's very mm -hmm. misleading. Over the last three games, despite an Alabama quarterback being sacked 38 times on the season, just one sack against Chattanooga this past week, two hurries, no sacks against Kentucky, mm -hmm. and just one sack, though we had four hurries allowed against LSU. So this is an Alabama offensive line that has really stepped it up down the stretch. I also think they're figuring out how to use Milrow. Um, they're moving him more behind the pocket as well, Brad, but, can Auburn get to uh, can Auburn get to Milrow and and accumulate a few sacks? That's going to be key if they uh, if they want to pull this off on Saturday. It is, and I think that the key is with the defense in general. I was thinking about this this morning that the last two get well, really the last three games against Alabama at Jordan Hare Stadium, the defense has played such a critical role. Auburn was in the game two years ago because of the defense and sure. Derek Hall, Colby Wooden getting after Bryce Young. Ekuliota had a great game. I mean, everybody yeah. stepped up. Totally. It was all about the pressure. In uh, 2019, when Auburn won the game, Smoke Monday gets a pick six. The pressure off the edge forced the Zacoby McLean uh, interception opportunity. It was not, I mean, that was a high scoring game and a wild game. And you had defensive scores and special team scores and crazy game. It, it was just, it's nuts. But yeah. think about how big a role the defense played sure. in that game. And then two years before that, in 2017, the defense was just dominant. That was your Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, those, those guys shutting down right. Jalen Hurts and, and Alabama. So, it does start with the defense, I believe, in this game, too. I think the guys on the edge have to get off blocks. Marcus Harris has to be able to push the middle and, and the other interior D linemen, but I single out Marcus because he's done it most of the year. Push that line back, make Milrow move to one side or the other if he doesn't want to, and then that's where a Keldrick Falk and a Jalen McLeod have to get off their blocks and finish tackles because if you don't, you just create a running lane. For, mm -hmm. for Milrow, and it's a big play. So get off the block, finish the play on the outside. That's the key to success. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. And I don't know if I like Auburn's pass rush more than Kentucky's or LSU's. I think they're all probably in the same tier. If you were going to rank pass rushing units in the SEC, they're probably all in that second tier, which I think is fine. And I think Auburn's gotten better over the course of the season. But to me, this is one of the bigger matchups. And we've talked about Auburn's front seven against opposing offensive lines over the last few weeks. That storyline doesn't change here going into Saturday. Yeah, I also think that the last two games, Chattanooga's Chattanooga, and make all your New Mexico State jokes you want, don't care anymore. Um, Chattanooga's Chattanooga. Kentucky 
was behind so early. And that's another big key in this game. You, this can't be LSU 2.0. You can't fall behind 14, 17 points early in this game because it just changes everything about the game. Play action becomes such um, a more dangerous component Mm-hmm. of the game if you fall behind because you're expecting run and now they're susceptible to play action and your pass rush isn't going to be. And Kentucky was behind two touchdowns before everybody got comfortable in their seats in Lexington a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so that diminishes the pass rush ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, those numbers I take a little bit with a grain of salt. Yeah, their offensive line is improved. Sure. Um, but if it's a competitive game – a close competitive game at any point, first quarter, third quarter, doesn't matter. That That's where your ability to generate a pass rush comes from. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And you touched on a few of these things. So Auburn is rushing for 194 yards per game, which is outstanding. Alabama is allowing just 117 yards on the ground per game. That's 26th in all of college football. That's very, very good. Yeah. But there's always a narrative with Alabama, right? Because one, they usually get ahead of you quickly and you're not in a situation where you can establish your running game to back circling back to what you just said, Brad. Mm-hmm. But still, when you look at Alabama's allowed yards per rush, how many yards they're giving up on every single run, they're 28 in all of college football at three and a half yards per carry. Mm-hmm. For, I guess, full perspective here, Auburn is rushing for 4.9 yards per carry so that's a metric i'm going to be looking at that's a stat i'm going to be looking at on saturday and i think we'll be able to know just from an eye test like either auburn can run the ball early on alabama or they're not going to be able to and if they're not able to brad i think you may see a few quick three and outs Mm -hmm. and if defense doesn't hold milrow in this alabama offense quickly it could get ugly quickly if auburn can't run the football I'm very interested to see how many of these plays are RPOs and how many might be straight runs because you've got to think Alabama will use a similar strategy to New Mexico State and other teams that have been able to to contain Jarquez earlier in the year, and that is just pinch the middle, just crash the middle and force Peyton Thorne to keep it based on a read, based on the option to, to pull it. Peyton's capable as a runner, but he's a quarterback who can run. He's not Jarquez Hunter. Auburn's path to success is Jarquez, I think, getting 20 to 25 carries in this game. And if that means, my opinion, all right, not in the meetings, not a coach, just an opinion. I I think it's designed run plays rather than options and Jarquez getting 20 plus carries in this game. Yeah. So I think Auburn needs to go on a little bit of a vacation in this game, Brad. Okay, And so we'll, we'll we'll touch on the final point of stat time in just a moment. This is Village Vice. So, look, you want to get in on the action. And mybookie.ag is the best way that you can get in on the action. 14 and a half right now is the line as we sit here and record this on Thanksgiving Eve, Brad Law. Mybookie.ag, when you make that first deposit, use promo code NEXTROUND, and just extra money is going to pop up into your account for you to play with. If you feel good about Auburn, Auburn money line, I'm not advising that at all. Uh, Auburn covering the 14 and a half point spread. I'm going to be real. I don't know if I'm feeling good about that at all either, but maybe Brad can talk you into it as this show goes on. We'll see. But head over to mybookie.ag. Use promo code next round. You will not forget it. 
Brad Auburn's got to go to a place called Pick City if they're going to win this game on Saturday. Alabama doesn't turn the ball over very often. They've turned it over 10 times all season. Mm -hmm. They've had four fumbles, six interceptions. And that's gotten better over the course of the season, much like everything else with their offense. It's just gotten better over the course of the season. Auburn ties for the lead in the SEC with 17 total forced turnovers. To me, uh, Auburn's defense has to has to do everything, I, I think, on Saturday to help out their offense. That comes with rushing the passer, but it also comes with getting the football and creating solid field position. So uh, I guess the last part of stat time is Alabama's turned it over just 10 times a season. Auburn leads the SEC with 17 takeaways. Something's got to give here, and Auburn needs to make sure it's not them. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm looking at these uh, receiving numbers for Alabama. And the number of attempts, they haven't had 20, uh, as a team, 20 receptions. They did it one time. They did it against Texas A&M. They had 21 receptions, 321 yards. The key, I think, is is forcing Jalen Milrow to throw. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to the sacks. It goes back to the pressure. It goes back to limiting Jace McClellan and the run game, if they're able to do that. Um, You force him to throw the ball 30 times. And if you force him into throwing, I really like the Auburn secondary and with good reason. Um, I I like the experience. I like the talent. uh, I like the one-on-one matchups that DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett can get. I love Keontae Scott in, you know, whether it's run support or pass coverage. I just, there's so much about the secondary that I like at home in this matchup uh, that if you're making him throw 30 times, I think it goes Auburn's way. That's 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 at least how you cover, and I think it's how you win the game. Yeah, we've talked about this before. The matchup I like most in Auburn's favor is Auburn's DBs versus Alabama's wide receivers, but they can only cover for so long. I don't care if you're Darrell Revis in his prime. Yeah. You, you can only cover for so long. That's common sense football. So can these guys do that? And they don't have to get a sack. They could just make Milrose clock go a little bit quicker where he feels like he has to get the ball out. Yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden, can a DJ James win a one-on-one matchup on the outside? Can um Keontae Scott somehow, you know, be lurking somewhere where Milrow doesn't see him if they're running a zone or something like that? So to me, that's going to be a big, big part of it. Yeah. And also just talking to some of uh some of my friends in the media that cover Alabama, just getting their thoughts on this an aspect of Milrow's passing attack that hasn't really come to fruition is the intermediate passing game. And to be fair, I think that's where Auburn's kind of been the worst at because I don't love their linebackers in coverage. I don't like most linebackers in coverage, even at the NFL level. So, I mean, that's just, that's nothing against Auburn's linebackers. It's just, that's a tough skill set for you to have to do. Um, So I feel good about that. Um, because there's going to be a lot of plays with like Larry Nixon. I love Larry Nixon in the run game. I don't love him in pass coverage. And I could just see a Nick Saban game plan to be like pick on Auburn's linebackers. I don't think Alabama's got the quarterback to be able to do that, which I think is huge because then it forces things outside a little bit, which I think in this instance could benefit Auburn. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. I, you have to take advantage too of the crowd and the momentum. Alabama's road games this year have come at South Florida, College Station. Well. Okay. What's that? Yeah. That didn't go well. Yeah. Nope, sure didn't. 
Um, now, Jalen Milrow didn't play in that game, so he didn't have that experience in the hostile environment. Yeah, they're, they're a totally different team now. Right. Um, Starkville, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, College Station, as I said, and Lexington, Kentucky. Right. This is different. Sure. This will be different. And there's a little bit of a challenge issued to the fans. Not that I think they need it, because I, I mean, I think this place will be up for grabs Saturday anyway. But at this point, it is time to let New Mexico State go and understand that as well as Alabama has played over the last month or so, and they are legitimately a top 10 team in the country. I get it. Not taking that away. But that place across the road is legitimately one of the toughest places to play in the country, and they have not been in this environment this year. Just haven't. Yeah, all of these Auburn fans that are talking about, oh, I'm just kind of whatever about this team now because they lost to New Mexico State, that's fine. You can feel however you want to feel. But if you're in Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday, which I, I don't know why you would go to this game and pay that price for a ticket if you're just kind of lukewarm about this team at this point, yeah. but whatever – but if you've got your butt in a seat on Saturday and you're not fired up after, I'm sure they've got some cool stuff. You probably have more knowledge on it than I do, Brad, but I'm sure they're going to do some cool stuff for the 10, 10 year anniversary of the kick six. Like yep. everybody's going to be fired up. Yeah. Everybody's going to be fired up. It's going to be an extremely emotional time at kickoff because everybody's going to be so eager and ready for this game to start. Once, once two thirty rolls around on Saturday, there's not going to be anything lukewarm about yeah. Auburn football uh, in Jordan-Hare Stadium when all that starts to happen. So um, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's going to be a narrative yeah. anymore come Saturday. No, I don't think so. Either. There's a reason one of the Alabama players said earlier this week that, that Auburn in this game, in this stadium, uh, it makes the players play like superheroes. A lot of that is because of the environment. And, you know, there's a generation of fans, Zach, who only know this as a home-and-home -home campus series, and yep. I understand that. But there's still a very large segment of the population who remembers that this was not always on campus. It is still exceptionally special that the game is on campus. And I hope they're able to pass that down to children and grandchildren and understand that it's That's a such a crazy concept for me to grasp. Right. I mean, that, that is wild to me. Listen, in my teen years, we still played this game at, at Legion Field mm -hmm. a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, like 90, let's see, 91 was there. 96 was a game that wasn't played on campus. 98 was not on campus. Those were those were Legion Field games. The Auburn games were home games, but the Alabama games weren't home every year until 2000. Um, That's crazy. But But having the game in Auburn matters. It still matters, and uh, I think that comes through. There's still that element of you could call it magic, call it special, call it whatever you want it, whatever label you want to use. It's uh, it's a big deal to have the game on campus. And and I think, and once again, just talking to Alabama people, I think the way they view Iron Bowl week and the way we view Iron Bowl week are two different things. I think Alabama people sometimes dread this game. They they look at it and it's a bunch of dread of like, okay, like. I hope nothing crazy happens again. I hope something yeah. fluky doesn't happen that ruins our entire season. And Auburn fans are, are like, let's get them. Let's totally just mess this stuff up. And I think that mentality could help Auburn. It's helped Auburn in the past. I don't see why that would change this year because Alabama's looking at this as a playoff game. Yep. If Alabama wins on Saturday and they beat Georgia 
in Atlanta next week in the SEC championship game, I think a one-loss SEC team has to be in the college football playoff. And Nick Saban is telling his team that. Don't take no. Auburn lightly. This is a playoff game. In the other end of that, Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff is telling him, like, you can knock Alabama out of the playoff. It's happened before. You can do it again. And, yeah. and I think that could be something that motivates both sides. But all the pressure, all the pressure is on Alabama. And we haven't seen Milrow lead this offense when there's a ton of pressure. Because, look, Mac Jones was looking good at when he came in for Tua several years ago in 2019. Yeah. And then he came into Durham-Hare Stadium through two pick sixes, and, you know, the rest is history. And he figured it out the following year, but I think it was a lot more about his the cast around him. Yeah. I don't know if Milrow has that cast around him on offense. I think the cast is all on defense. And so, mm -hmm. once again, there's a few matchups where it's like, okay, I think Auburn can capitalize on this. And the fact that it's at home, the fact that it's going to be a wild environment, and the fact that all the pressure is on Alabama, we'll see how they react. Yeah. I, I'm impressed with Jalen Milrow's poise. I'm impressed with his maturity. He does yeah. not care. I mean, a redshirt sophomore nowadays in college is is like an old school senior mm. virtually. You know, you've been in the college game for three years. So uh, I am impressed with that. He just, I, I, I you can't prep not, for what's about to happen on Saturday. It's, you, can't, yeah. you can't prep for it. It's not a knock on him to totally. say he has not played in this kind of environment, in this kind of game, with this much pressure. And if he goes out and has the game of his life and leads them to a win in this game, then, hey, great, tremendous respect for him and to that team. Yeah. Objectively, he hasn't been in a game like this. That's fair. Yeah. You want to spend a few minutes talking about basketball? I do, yeah. But first, somebody talked to me last night on the way into the basketball game. And they said, hey, love the Manscaped ads. You know what? Dogs even love Manscaped ads. They know what's up. Yeah. When you go to manscaped.com right now and use the promo code VICE, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. And I want to talk about the... Uh, Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and the special gift bundle from Manscaped that will help you uh, spice up your Thanksgiving. It's not about those mountains of mashed potatoes or cranberry sauce. It's the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and the uh, the the bundle. All right, the bundle is a, is the keyword of the day here. Um, we're talking about the 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Trimmer, Manscaped's liquid formulations, plus two free gifts. And the gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there, Zach. The bundle comes with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 Premium Underwear and the Shed 2.0 Toiletry Bag. Wow. Yeah. So once you're done shaping up, it's only right that you put your pants presents in the best wrapping of all. The what? Yeah. That's pants yeah. presents? Your pants presents, Zach. It's, it's the holiday season. It's okay. the most wonderful time of the year. Put your pants sure. presents in the best wrapping of all, the Boxers 2.0. Uh, these are uh, they're, they're the best boxers that I've ever worn, and you'll say the same thing. Just go to manscaped.com, use promo code VICE, V-I-C-E, get 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com. Pants presents. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. All right. Uh, Auburn took care of business. Maybe depends on who you ask against Alabama A&M on Tuesday night 
Bruce Pearl is not happy with his team's second half performance. Do you think uh, do you think that's valid, Brad Law? I think it's valid for the head coach because he yeah. does still have a new team. And I think he's, you know, you, you're trying to get them to play to a standard all the time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hurt you against Alabama A&M because you had a 34-point halftime lead. And you could sort of screw around and still win the game comfortably. You can't do that in the SEC. You can't do it against Indiana or some of the other teams that are going to play in this non-conference. So you're, you're, it's all about trying to get a team to play to a standard. Fans, on the other hand, fans ought to be elated, man. If you went to the game and you you paid your money and you had a good time, you saw your team win by 30 points. That's that's really good. You saw Chaney Johnson have a little bit of a breakout game. He had struggled to score or really hadn't taken on that role yeah. in the first four games. And he is he's working so hard on defense. He's working so hard on the glass. Physical um, player. Yeah, very physical. Using his size and kind of figuring out where he fits into the mix. He had his best game last night. And if you get a Chaney Johnson that's starting to get it and it's starting to click with him, then your team is better. It, it's it's why I think this team can be super dangerous when it comes to February and March. If all of these guys have a little bit of progression week by week, game by game, and then you know by, by the time conference play rolls around in late season, they know their roles and they're right. functioning in those roles. They can be very good. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're starting to see the new faces get more and more comfortable. Yeah. I love that Aiden felt confident enough to shoot seven threes. I love that. Yep. Chaney, I mean, I think you already touched on that. Chad Baker Mazzara, I mean, he is a complete basketball player. And he didn't score a ton Tuesday night, but it just seems like he's involved with everything. He had four assists in the first half. In like 10 minutes, he had four assists. Yeah, you take that, right? Like, you you take that. He's not a guy that's going to blow up the stat sheet. But he's a guy that makes your basketball team significantly better, mm-hmm. significantly better. And just seeing him get more and more comfortable, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So when this team can legitimately go 10 deep and all those, you're not just filling minutes, mm-hmm. you're productive on the Dylan Cardwell had nine rebounds. He's, he's had one double digit rebound game in his career. He was one shy of a second last night, and about half of them are offensive rebounds you create second shot opportunities so yeah i mean there were stretches of the game where auburn just bullied alabama a mm-hmm. and and they should like that yep. should happen alabama a and is going to be one of the worst basketball teams in division one like that's sure. just that's just it just it is what it is similar yeah. to them playing notre dame a few nights ago yeah. it's like that's just that's a game that they should win handedly right can i say this though too if if I don't like the, um, the the mindset, well, it was just Alabama, and this is not at you. This is at anybody who's like not enjoying the win last night. Totally. The teams on your schedule are the teams on your schedule. And don't don't diminish your own joy in seeing your team win a game by 30. Well said. Because of the opponent. Don't diminish the work that those guys put in in film and in practice and preparation and in the effort that they put on display on the floor to win the game by 30 fine they should have won by 32 and they won by 30 whatever you're a fan you watched you listened you went to the game your team won by 30 war eagle yeah now if you bet for auburn to cover i get being upset that'd be frustrating sure Sure. you know it is what it is but but separate that in your mind like compartmentalize that and understand the difference between the two right right 
So, Brad, we won't talk again until after Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you. I'm mm-hmm. thankful for this show. I'm thankful for our friends at the next round and Disrupt Media for giving us uh, an opportunity to do this. And we're uh, we're both very thankful for you, our listeners, our, our everyday vicers. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, for everything. Yeah, I I can't add anything to that. That's said perfectly. Well done, Zach. Dressing or stuffing? Uh, dressing for yeah. sure. Uh, heavily saged or or not much sage. However, my mom cooks it. I don't know. I'll ask her tomorrow. Okay. Uh, loose or or stiff? Uh, stiff. Yeah. I need it's I need cornbread dressing. I need to be able to cut it with a fork and then it stay together when I go into it with the fork. Yeah. Yeah, and for that's, sure. That's for the sure. Right. All right. Very I good. That about does it, my friend. It does. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Until next time, remember everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Oh, 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 oh,